Technical difficulties have occurred with the hosts of this podcast. Please do not adjust your broadband connection. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Average Joe Show, episode number 42. 42, and I can make all those hitchhiker references, but I'm not going to today. Because nobody would get it. Uh, yeah, nobody would get it but what, me? Are you telling me you don't know what Hitchhiker's Guide is? No, I just I was just being facetious. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if you don't know that, then you're off the show. Uh, of course, the website is AverageJoeShow.com. Our email is talk at AverageJoeShow.com. And Twitter, if it's online, is AverageJoeShow, all one word. I'm Corey Charette. And, of course, that a voice you heard, that annoying voice that never goes away, is my co-host over in Pittsburgh, uh, Mr. Ward Miller. Hello, Ward. Hey, what's going on, Corey? I've been uh, here for 42 episodes, too. Uh, technically 41. Oh, that's right. I did miss one. You are – yes. You are the only one that missed an episode. <laughs> and the only reason I miss episodes is because I don't want to do it or something. Then we shut down Yeah, the but sh- when you miss episodes, nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell. Like a mini Leo Laporte. You know, when I say I don't want to do it, that's it. I shut down the whole the whole show. So uh, the weather's uh, – you said it was a little warm there today? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It was nice today. I mean it, it was sunny and pretty and everything, but it, it was a little muggy. So it was kind of – that part of it was kind of crappy. Yeah, but, Come on, it's the beginning of August and the weather is still kind of decent. We can't complain. Well, it's the middle of August. It's the first really warm day we've had here. I mean, up until today, the highs have been in the, you know, maybe 70s. You know, today got up to 80 and I'm saying, I'm, I'm bitching about how hot it is. And it's like, well, it could be much worse. Yeah, yeah it could be. We it's could a be. damn global warming. <laughs> no, they call it, what do they call it now? Climate change? Is that what the official terminology is they use now? Oh, so they're using climate change. So when, it goes, so. when we slip into another ice age, right? They, they can say, "Oh, well, that was the fault of the climate change." Yes, uh, one of the one of the Al Gore vocabulary words. And of course, uh, with us this week, as pretty much always, we have a guest host. And if you want to be a guest host, it's averagejoeshow.com/slash/guest for details. Joining us from his website tdhurst.com is Mr. Tyler Hurst. Hello, Tyler. How's it going? Tyler. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Oh, doing good. We thought you fell asleep yeah. there on us. No, I'm still here. <laughs> well, you we fell asleep with all the weather talk. I'm listening to witty banter. <laughs> so uh, you're out of your – well, you're based out of Phoenix, but I guess you're, you said you're in New York for this week or this month, I mean? Yeah, I'm actually in, I'm actually in New York City for the entire month of August. Uh, some crazy ad agency decided that uh, they wanted to pay me to help the – help them consult clients on how to use social media better. So I'm here living in the Upper East Side for a month, uh, going into meetings and telling people who earn a lot more money than I do what they're doing wrong. It's fantastic. Hey, hey, Ward, does that sound like a dream job to you? Oh, hell yeah. I, yeah. I would love that. Yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no question. I, uh, I kind of get to do whatever I want whenever I want to. I don't, uh, I, I, I'm a freelancer with all the benefits of, of corporate backing, all the uh, expense accounts, stuff like that. It's a, it's a fantastic gig. <laughs> Boy, Ward, don't you hate yourself some days when you talk to people like t- uh, Tyler there? Yeah, who'd you have to blow to get that job? <laughs> <laughs> Only a few people, but they were all very nice afterwards. 
as they gave me money as they left. A little snuggling, a little bit of money, you're good to go. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Well, let's just jump right into the show here with our first story. Uh, This was a shock to me yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, John Hughes, if if anybody – my generation, I know Ward's about my age. I don't know, Tyler, how old you are, but if you – I'm 30, and I know exactly who John Hughes is. Okay, so we feel old here. So, of course, John Hughes, if anyone knows, was a famous writer and director, producer of – Classic 80s teen movies like uh, 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, just to name a few. Well, not I, only that, he also did Home Alone, which was which was a pretty big uh, pretty big hit for him too. Which was the uh, highest grossing film at the time. Exactly. And he also did Planes, Trains, Automobiles, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, uh, a bunch of other stuff too. But those are his big, big, big films. Well, yesterday John Hughes died of a heart attack at age 59. Well, I mean, and it's a shame, and I'm not going to, you know, try and degradate, you know, what he has done. I mean, he, he did a lot of really, really cool stuff. But, you know, I mean, I had heard rumors before about, you know, uh, let's say illicit drug use. I think that, that may have contributed to his uh, early heart attack. Well, is there any, are there any highly creative, highly successful people you know that aren't on drugs at this point? Uh, no, I, <laughs> I can't, I can't think of any, well, no, I, I take that back. Gene Simmons. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, he's almost sick though. Yeah. He, he, he's taken uh anal retentive to an art form, but <laughs> yeah, he's very wealthy and he, he's not doing drugs and whatnot. So, but you know, it, it's, it's funny is this guy basically disappeared off the planet, like what, 10, 12, 13 years ago. You know, became a recluse, and you hadn't seen him in a long time. Well, I, I kind of appreciate that, though. I, I think that the last movie he did was uh, Curly Sue, and I think that he saw the change in um, in youth. You know, b- because kids aren't the same as they were in the '80s. You know, you couldn't do a movie like Breakfast Club today, and you know, it, it, it's it, it just wouldn't fit. So I think that he, he he was great for his time, and he was smart enough to realize, okay, this is you know my, my ideas have kind of run their course because they were geared towards this you know coming of age type genre, and then so instead of making just a whole bunch of really crappy movies, he said, I'm done, which well, I thought was cool. Well, you're right about that though. I mean, obviously the '80s and the '90s were two different decades you can tell we lived through them both but you know he's he kind of reminds me of the way you said that like like orson wells not on the the same level but you know orson wells saw how movies changed and he didn't like the way they changed so he just you know stopped making movies you know i mean thank goodness john hughes did stop because you know what he would have just been another guy just creating crap out there we've been like oh okay john hughes yeah exactly go ahead go ahead tyler i've been talking too much I mean, well, it's it's this happens too often too. This happens for this happens for sports superstars, John Smoltz. <clears throat> um, this happens for uh, highly successful '80s comic actors like Eddie Murphy. They just don't know when to stop. And so, for someone to actually understand when his time was done and step away, that's a that's almost harder than it is to be to be successful in the first place. And yeah. that, that 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 was a cool thing about John Hughes. I will not 
think I will not remember him at all negatively because of that. There's nothing. He didn't taint his his legacy, I guess you could say. Yeah, he, he did great movies. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I mean, and, and you start naming John Hughes movies, you start saying, okay, name a classic movie that, you know, without John Hughes, that John Hughes didn't influence in some way or another, especially during the 80s. You couldn't. I mean, everything, National Lampoon's Vacation with Chevy Chase, the original, was phenomenal. Uh, it was so f- just just so funny. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Breakfast Club. I mean, you can go on and on and on. You know, it, it was great. Oh, yeah. And, and the great thing about these films, and I was talking about this online yesterday on Facebook, was uh, these John Hughes films, even more specifically the, the teen films, are timeless. You know, these teen comedies back then, you can watch them today and they still hold up. They don't right. age. Yeah, like the bre- well, like Weird Science. You know, Weird Science, <laughs> it, I mean, as, as silly of a premise as it was, and as hot as Kelly LeBrock was at the time. <laughs> I'm glad you said that at the time. At yeah. the time. But the, the point is, that the movie was still funny. He, he was able to take, you know, Anthony Michael Hall, and he made him a star. I mean, he... He, he, he was... Well, he created the Brat Pack essentially. The Breakfast Club. Oh, absolutely. It's the Brat Pack. That's the first Brat Pack film. Well, he was a he, he was a genre defining filmmaker, not just a good filmmaker, and that's hard to do. Exactly. I mean, and how many? I mean, can you name another one that's that's on the on par with John Hughes? That created a genre? No, there are yeah. there, there are none. I mean, there there's directors that have made more money. Alfred you know, Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock. Well, yeah, Hitchcock. Hitchcock would definitely be one. But I mean, but I mean besides that, nobody. No. I mean, like I said, there's there's guys, you know, uh, Coppola, uh, who's who did, you know, he he did a well. Other than The Godfather's, he really did. He defined, it. yeah, he defined one genre, which is great, but not. Oh yeah. One. Well, Scorsese, Scorsese's pretty much. Uh, it, it's not a genre. He's all over the place, yeah. but. You know, he's, you know, uh, Tarantino. Spielberg. I mean, you can name them, but they've done everything else under the sun. They just didn't do one genre. Exactly. And, 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 and know enough that that genre died. Well, and, and, the, Say, and, the, I'm out. and the thing about these, these uh, people, these producers and stuff that do one genre, even actors can go with this. They stay in that genre and they just deteriorate, you know, they try to do stuff that was funny 20 years ago and it looks like crap. Look at Adam Sandler nowadays with this stupid, stupid comedy that he's still doing or, or, um, Will Ferrell. Will Fer- Thank you. That was the name I was thinking of. Will Ferrell. I can't stand Will Ferrell anymore. Every film, he's the same character. That only works for uh, Brad Pitt and, and, uh, and Will Smith. But that's because they're different. Cloths. Yeah. Well, I mean, Will Smith ha- has a better range as far as being an actor, then, you know, but I don't know. It, like, There's plenty of actors that I like that everybody goes crazy about that. I just can't stand because they're the same person every time at like, uh, what's his name? Uh, not, not Sandler. Um, Seth, uh, Seth Rogen. Are you talking about like, no, Seth? no, no, no. I'm, it's, uh, he did night at the museum. Um, Oh, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller has two characters. 
an annoying prick and an annoying prick. Well, here's the funny thing. You want to talk about that? There's a group, and if you look it up on online, a group of actors that work together, they call them the frat pack, F-R-A-T. And it's Stiller, Sandler, Farrell, uh, Vince Vaughn, uh, Owen Wilson. It's, you know, these same actors that work together, and, and they're all stuck in this rut of uh, the same character in a different script. Yeah, but that, that's what I mean. Like, you, you look at, at Ben Stiller, and he does that one character who's just loud and obnoxious, and he did the same guy in Zoolander uh-huh. and, and, and all the other movies that he was in. And then he has the guy that he did in um, Meet the Parents, the wishy-washy wimp who, you know, Which? he has who has absolutely no luck and blah, 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 blah. But they're his two characters. Which, and, to me, that was a horrible film. I did not enjoy Meet the Parents. But he, Well, no, I did. I really enjoyed it because I liked De Niro. I have never yeah, seen Rob- I have never seen Robert De Niro be bad in a movie. I've seen him in bad movies, but I've never seen him act bad. And and the other guy that's like that is uh oh what's his name? Um Pacino? You think like Well no, Pacino's great and everything. Did did you ever see uh The Devil's Advocate? Yes. Yeah. Al Pacino oh, God. Al Pacino playing the devil. You can't touch that. Yeah, that's, that was that's typecasting. You know, you put Facino as the devil. That's kind of a gimme role. You know. No, uh, what's his name? Gene. Um, Gene. Gene Wilder. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Gene Hack- oh, oh yes. Hoosiers. Hack- There's some Hoosiers. He's in a bunch of stuff. Oh yeah, but French Connection. Th- yeah, tons but of- like I said, that goes back to that's the same type of thing. Him and De Niro and Pacino are in the same category. They've been in some bad movies. But they weren't bad in the movie. Right. You know, I mean, Pacino's, I mean, uh, Hackman's been in some stinkers like that. What was that one with uh, Dan Aykroyd where uh, Aykroyd was schizophrenic and they were cops? Uh, what? Yeah, it, it was it was like a real low budget thing. And Hackman did it. And Hackman's this seasoned. Uh, Dan, Dan Aykroyd? Dan Aykroyd was in it. And Aykroyd played his partner who was some great uh, forensic mind who could figure out how crimes were committed, but he got captured and tortured and, and it made him like crazy. And he had these voices in his head and he'd just like slip into different characters. And it was very fun. I mean, he was, it was pretty decent. I don't it, know what the hell you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. The only, I, got, I mean, there I'm was not, one film that Dan Aykroyd did was like Dr. Detroit, but I don't think that was it. I'm trying to, no, 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 no. I thought, um, of, I thought of Dragnet, but... Yeah, I was Dragnet. I'll, I'll tell you in a second. Yeah, you're doing the same thing I'm doing. Um, I don't honestly know. I mean, I didn't know they worked together, to be honest with you. Yeah. It must have been a horrible film. No, it wasn't a bad movie. That, that was the point. It wasn't a bad movie. It was just they didn't... Uh, it, it didn't get all the press that it should have gotten. I mean, it was really a decent movie. It's called Loose Cannons. It came out in 1990. That was it. Wow. wow. Yeah. I've never it, heard it. I don't recall that. Dom DeLuise was in it, and he played a pimp. Oh, well, it, it, it's hilarious. Old. It was just so funny. I mean, if you it, you could probably get it at a video store for next to nothing. Or, you know, <laughs> or Dom. Online. That's one of, for absolutely nothing. Well, that's one. Well, that's one of the we don't we don't condone piracy, but that's one of those movies that you go to the uh, the WalMarts or whatever, and they have like the three pack or four pack of like Dan Aykroyd movies. Yeah, and, and you pick it up for a couple bucks, and you've it, never heard of any of the movies. You know, I'll tell you what, it, it's it's very entertaining. It's worth sitting and watching, 
I mean, it, it's not something that, that's going to make you, you know, think about, you know, the, the director's point of view and what he was thinking. It's a, it's a good time movie. You sit down and, and laugh because, you know, like I said, you, you're not looking for anything in depth and, and what's the true meaning of it. it. It's just a but it's a great like Saturday afternoon movie. Sit around, watch it and just laugh your ass off. Is it on now? Is it on CBS or anything? Can I watch it as an actual Saturday afternoon movie? I mean, is I, it just... I wouldn't know. I've seen it on uh, on uh, Fox really? a couple <laughs> times on Saturdays, but uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Okay, so we we've killed the movie subject. <laughs> we've talked. I know we're, we're just going off on like crappy DVDs or low budget DVDs. I guess you don't want to get that one on Blu-ray because that'd be a waste of money. I guess. Yeah, there's nothing really to see there. All right, let's let's move on from movies to Apple. Tyler's got a story about Apple here. Yeah, so uh, the Apple Store has basically decided to to start rejecting apps for ridiculous reasons. I mean, before they rejected apps just because they felt like it, because the the uh, the wind was changing, and it seems lately they're starting to reject apps for reasons that don't make sense, even to the most harshest critics. For example, there was a, uh, there was a, uh, uh, a dictionary app that was submitted a, uh, what was it? Ninja. What was it called again? Yeah. Ninja words, Ninja words. And they said that then when they originally put it in there, they said that there was some questionable content in there and they said though, you can't put the words, you know, shit, fuck, but you can I say that on here? Oh, well, yes, you, you can. can. That uh, you can't say that, you know, shit, fuck, stuff like that. But those are, you know, those are actual, those are words in our, in our English language. Um, even though they're slang, they're definitely, they're definitely real words. And so they, I know the developer took those out, took some of the, the first ones out, but then uh, Apple came back and rejected them again for the same reason. They had words like cunt and they, and they had anything, any slang you could think of. But Apple's been doing this a lot lately. And what do you guys think about Apple? Basically, I technically it's not censoring, but it's pretty darn. Cl- I mean, the government can do that, but it's. I mean, it's a dictionary app. Shouldn't we have all those words in there? You'd, you'd think. Well, here here's my my opinion about you know that about yeah. the 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 ninja words or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the the iPhone has parental controls. Yeah. And you can set those parental controls to what can be, what applications can be downloaded. I mean, and they all have to be rated, you know, whether they're explicit or whatnot in the store. So, well, this one, this one's rated 17 plus. So I don't see what the deal is. I mean, that, you know, that wouldn't phase me as much. Now, like the, uh, the Google app, the, what is it? Google talk that put Google voice, excuse me, that they put in. And that got rejected. I honestly believe that that got rejected because AT and T. Well, of course it did, but it makes sense. But that makes sense, though. I mean, I for me, AT and T has to make money, don't they? Yeah. Well, I don't really don't care if they make money. Well, I'm, I'm, pay- I mean, I'm paying. I'm paying enough to carry the damn phone. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think that they should. Re- it's kind of like the nanny state thing, you know. It's like, well, you know. I don't trust your ability to enable parental controls on your kid's iPhone. So I'm just not going to let anything be, you know, NC 17 or whatever the the rating is, which makes absolutely no sense. If you're, if you're not going to allow that type of content in, that's fine. But then don't put parental controls on the phone. 
and, and, and don't allow anything that that would be, you know, I mean, if, if you can't show it on the Disney Channel, it shouldn't be on the phone. OK, I mean, just make that the rule. Well, yeah. And then, the, I mean, the problem is there's no rule. It's yeah. it, it's all up to, subjective. Exactly. But but here's the thing. It's a dictionary. A dictionary is full of tens of thousands of words. You'd have to look up this word. Why why would you put a 17 plus uh, rating on it when my five year old son can go, a six year old son can go to Walmart with a ten dollar bill in his pocket and buy a dictionary there? What's the difference? There isn't. Exactly. Yeah. It's just Apple. Apple doesn't want to be responsible for that type of stuff, and I think it's ridiculous. I mean, I know that. When I, me growing up uh, on the internet, I mean, I, I got on in you know the early '90s, right when I was 13, 14, 15, right around there. I never, ha- I've never had a single restriction on my online viewing, never once. My parents didn't know enough to restrict me, and we turned out fine. I mean, I did. Did you guys? Did you guys have any restrictions on your online habits ever? Well, I think me and Ward were a little older when but we I mean, actually got but online. But, but I mean, still, ever, right. there was ever. there was nothing. There was no yeah. We weren't told what we can't and can't can look at. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, it's nothing that's going to scar you. But, you know, my my point is what I think Apple should do is come out and say, this is the list of criteria that it takes to get in the, in the app store. Yes. If you meet this list of criteria, you're in. Now, you know, the, the they get nailed a lot, too, because they approve stuff like the Shaken Baby app. <sighs> that was That was stupid. Yes. But... At the same time, then it's how bad is Apple for letting that go through? You know, sure as hell, somebody's waiting, you know, to to jump on app, on the App Store for whatever reason, because they, you know, I mean, hell, they had takedowns for, uh, you know, bikini pictures because somebody bitched about it. Well, I mean, what's but what's what's wrong with that? I mean, I if I if I don't like uh, Playboy's being sold in Seven Eleven, Seven Eleven's not going to be like, okay, I'll just take them down for you. Just don't buy it, right? Well, yeah, but the the difference is Apple wants doesn't. I, I guess the, their whole thing is reputation, and okay. when they when they take hits like this shaking baby thing, the people people's perception isn't that oh somebody slipped it through, somebody accidentally checked yes instead of no or whatever. They just go, oh my god, Apple supports shaking babies. You know, and which they and might, that, you never know. Well, well, yeah, I don't know. Hell, Jobs might have a house full of them, but that's neither here nor there. It, it's all, you know, and they're a co- publicly traded company, so their reputation is everything. So, I mean, like I said, for for the for this, I, I don't see where it's at, where it's a bad thing. And I, like I said, I would like them to produce a document that says, you know. This is why we can kick you out. If you if you yeah. fail any of this list of criteria, you're not going to get in, and, and that's legitimate. I, I have no problem with that. But to say, well, you know, today Tyler's doing the store, so Tyler's going to allow this app, and then I'm going to come in two days later and go, hey, wait, why is this app there? And I'm going to pull it. That that's crap. Uh, you know, there, there's no right or wrong answer here. Yeah, I mean. You know, all Apple should be worrying about is, is it tasteful? Is it for all ages? Is it for 17 plus? And, and is it going to conflict with anything else on the phone? You know, basically the rules Apple had for applications was you can't do turn-by-turn uh, GPS navigation. You, you, you can't, you know, 
use the voice system or anything. There was like three or four rules they had when they opened the app store two years ago. But now it's just like, you know, like you said, it's a mood swing. Today they feel like saying no to this. Next day they say no to this. Yeah, but the but, but you see my point, Corey. When, oh, I know. When, when, when if they just say, okay, well, you know, and, and very possibly whoever was was checking the, the the apps that day said, oh, all this app does is uses the accelerometer. Go ahead. But they didn't realize that it, it's a shaken baby app. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, well, well that, and that's the that's a question for you. And I know we don't know the answer. What tests? What what um you know? Do they actually play with the application? How in depth do they go with it? You know, do they just look at it, you know, aesthetically and say, okay, that looks fine. Next, I mean, uh, I mean no one knows. Yeah, we don't know. I don't know how you submit an application. You just, I mean, does anyone know? Do you just throw it up there and say, here you go, Apple? What do you think? No, of this? no, no, no. You pay ninety nine bucks for developer license to to get a developer's license. Once you have that license, you can submit a thousand applications. It, it, I mean, there's, it's not, you know, you pay a hundred bucks and you can submit one. You can submit a thousand. It, it, but it, it, you pay that initial hundred bucks. Hundred bucks a year, I think it is. Yeah, to yeah, become a developer. Like I, so. I, I don't know. There, you know, the Apple, the App Store is going to be the worst thing for Apple. To be honest with you, it seems like every time you turn around, someone's bitching about something about the App Store. Yeah, and like I said, some of it I, I think is warranted, you know, but you know, like this, I I, I think that that's wrong. It, it I mean, it's a dictionary is a dictionary. I can look up the same words in Merriam-Webster that I can look up in you know on Ninja Words or whatever. But at the same time, you, you have a lot of people like Arrington made a big deal about the the Google Voice app, and it's like you know. I really don't think Apple cares no, about that. No, no. no that's I mean, an AT and T thing. Well, it's an AT and T thing. They let Skype on. Yeah, but they've, they've always said that that Apple is not an open platform. I mean, we, we sometimes think it's an open platform because it's easy to develop for, but Apple's closed everywhere, and people don't don't think of that. And I understand the the Google Voice thing. That'd have been great, but that never was going to get through ever. There's not a chance. Well, from Apple's point of view, you know, Apple's not saying anything. They just said we denied it. Yeah. You know, and that's the company line they're taking. But and let's get down to brass tacks. There's no way that AT and T didn't come in and go. You're not going to let that in. Of course they did. You know, we have we have this, and and nobody knows the terms of the contract. Nobody knows any of that crap except you know the head of AT and T and Jobs. And when they say, okay, we're going to call in, you know, paragraph seventy five. Okay, we can't let it go in, and we'll just take the heat for it. You know, because if Apple would come out and go, you know what? We don't give a shit. That's AT&T. I mean, the DOJ is already getting involved on this, you know, and it, it, it could turn around and they say, okay, well, the, that's antitrust or whatever, and you got to allow it. I think like the I FCC said, is in here. Well, that was the DOJ uh, and the FCC. You know, FCC. Maybe it was FCC's doing the initial investigation, but yeah, I heard okay. DOJ was involved somehow. Wow. All right. I, I did hear DOJ. I, I, now, it may have been uh, on a podcast where somebody was talking about you know, did, getting the DOJ involved for an antitrust. I don't remember exactly how it went, but I heard DOJ associated with this, uh, the Google Voice thing. Boy, and boy, don't you remember years ago when Microsoft used to be the evil empire? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now it's, now it's Apple. It's that strange. It, it's Apple. Okay. I, we can do I this. think that it's just that everybody needs a villain. You well, know? that's what it is. 
and the the fact that that Bill Gates made a ton of money selling, you know, his applications, you know, he's bad. They're they're taking over the world. Now it's jobs. You know, he he didn't really get a liver transplant. He was out sacrificing babies so so that they could become, you know, it, it's just ridiculous. It, the, why can't these guys just be exceptional businessmen and leave it at that instead of, oh, they have, they want to conquer the world and blah, 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 blah. It's like, whatever, dude, <laughs> you know? I don't know. It doesn't matter. We still buy our iPhones. We still buy our Windows applications. Uh, you know, they're still our gods and, you know, our masters and we're their slaves. It doesn't matter what we do. Okay, enough of the tech story here. Let's get on to Ward has another police adventure for us here. Yeah, this is this is kind of funny. Uh, in Nobles, Noblesville, Indiana, I imagine. It's uh, the police said it, it took 10 officers to subdue a naked and heavily intoxicated Lebanon man in Hamilton County. Ten guys to to to, to uh, subdue a you know intoxicated naked guy. The uh, officers believe Whitlow ingested a combination of alcohol, cocaine, PCP, and psychedelic mushrooms. So this guy's blasted out of his mind. He's butt naked. They ended up hitting him with the tasers and, you know, the whole nine yards. I think it's just uh, hilarious that, you know, could you imagine being the cop? Hey, quick, we we got a guy to pick up. And there's this, this guy that they're blasted out of his mind on mushrooms, dancing around naked. <laughs> you know, he's on PCP, so he doesn't feel anything. Sounds like a good Saturday night, actually. I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> You know, too bad cops wasn't there on location filming this. Yeah, uh, that would be the best. Well, now if that was if, if that was on YouTube, would Apple have censored it? Anyway, <laughs> well, it said that, that they uh, that he was bitten by a police dog so, and hit several <laughs> times with a stun gun. It took seven officers to pile onto him long enough. Seven people. Wow. Well, to be handcuffed and sedated. Now, when was the last time you heard of a – now, I don't know about Noblesville or any of that stuff, but I never knew that there were police departments that carried sedatives with them. They said he was handcuffed and sedated. Who did the sedation? Well, you don't, you don't know what they have in their, their cars either, you know? Yeah, I'm sure they've got something in there. You know, I mean, they have rifles in the vehicles and stuff. They might have something like that. Well, that's a, but that could be in any paramedics kit. They could have sedative materials in a, in a paramedics uh, first response kit, I guess. Well, yeah, I, yeah, maybe. I, I don't, I don't know what well, kind of. Well, here's the thing too. I don't, I don't know exactly where Noblesville is. It could be in a, a, a rural area too. They might have wild animals out I'm there. Gonna, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, assume, I'm gonna assume it's a very rural area. Just, uh, just gonna, just gonna assume that. Well, I guess it's because it's with the Green Acres campground. So, yeah. Well, I'm, I, you know, I don't know. But let's assume that. So maybe they do have tranquilizer guns for animals or something like that. We don't know. So, so this guy's on alcohol, cocaine, PCP, psychedelic mushrooms, and you're going to shoot him up with, with bear tranquilizers. That's awesome. Where do I sign up for this? Another one I'd like to get in on. 
Which one? Do you want me to be the cop or the guy? Uh, either. Both of them sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd have more fun as a cop, though. I don't want to beat the guy because the next morning would be like, what the hell happened here? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine being tackled by seven people? I mean, that would hurt. Oh, oh God. Well, well, the next day. Well, the next day, yeah. You wake up, you're bruised and sore. You're like, what the hell happened to me? Yeah. Yeah, but you know what's funny? Is that it every... was that last hit of PCP. Well, you know what's funny is every so often you hear stories of people that are so drugged up that, you know, tranquilizers and stuff like that don't knock them down. You get people – I've heard stories, and I couldn't tell you anything specific, of people that are so high that they get shot and they're still walking. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just amazing. But, you know, can you imagine being the cop getting called out at three in the morning to uh, go get this naked drunk guy that's so high up and sedate him? You know, it's what's really interesting, though, is it, it, if you remember back to when Rodney King got beat. Right. Right. If they if you they never showed the whole tape. For the most part on TV, the only thing they showed was the cops standing around beating him down. Right. There, there was some show that had the entire tape, and I watched it from the beginning to end. And when they started this thing, they kept telling him, don't get out of your car. He got out of the car. He starts walking towards the cops. They said, stop, get down on the ground. He kept coming. They tasered him once, right? As yeah. the cops were coming to, to get the, the leads out of him, he stood up. So they tasered him again. They tasered him three times. After the third time, they're figuring this guy's on something because he keeps – you shouldn't be able to get up after being tasered once, much less three times. And he kept getting to his feet. After the third time he got to his feet, they beat him down. And was it a savage beating? Yeah, and I'm not defending that in any way, shape, or form. But my point is, you know, as a cop, you got to figure I got to defend myself. I don't know what this guy's on. You know, he, he, he's apparently on something because we, we shot him with what's, what's a taser 50,000 volts. So we, we pumped 150,000 volts into this guy and he keeps getting up. He's got to be on something. Well, at that point you think he's a Terminator or something. I mean, you don't know. <laughs> exactly. you don't know. Hit him again. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if I was a cop, I would have just shot him. <laughs> okay. Glad you're not a cop in LA. That's all I can say. Well, no, I mean, Christ, you know, the thing, the, the thing is you, you beat the guy down just so you can subdue him and, and they put the video on TV and, and you're marked anyway. So you might as well just shoot him in the head. <laughs> what the hell is this? Night of the living dead? Oh, whatever. <laughs> like, come on. Zombie. <laughs> okay. Enough with naked drunk guys to, uh, I've heard this story a lot this week and it's, it's kind of like a little too much. Apparently, Radio Shack is going to rebrand themselves to The Shack. Apparently, I guess they think radio is kind of an outdated term, and uh, they're going to rework their name to something a little more streamlined, quote-unquote, The Shack. What do you guys think of this? I think it's not the place where you go pick up robot hookers. It's exactly what I thought of immediately. There's a new Bruce Willis movie about – I don't know if you guys have seen the, the posters down there about robot like prostitutes or whatever else. The weirdest thing I've ever seen. The shack? I have no idea what that means. Pizza Hut did this with the hut a while ago, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's what they were likening it to is is the fact that Pizza Hut had done the same thing. Yeah. But but look at it this way. I mean Radio Shack. Who goes to Radio Shack to buy a quote unquote radio nowadays? Never have. 
Now, now, but now, do you have any now? Do you have any problem associating what Radio Shack does? I don't. I've always known exactly what they what they carry. Exactly, it's they never carry changed. electronic shit. Yes. Yeah, electronic shit. They should call themselves that. Yeah, but, we, we got electronic shit. But Come the on in. but the shack doesn't sound any hipper or cooler. I mean, the shack. No. Well, Ted Kaczynski lives in a shack. <laughs> yeah, that kind of tells you something, doesn't it? They should call it the Unabomber. Yeah, so yeah, so a bunch of militia live over here in the shack. It kind of sounds a little trashy to me, you know, the shack. Well, Radio Shack is a little. There's been some. There are some trashy Radio Shacks. So, like, actually, I heard that they're going to actually put wood paneling up, makes it a little bit more like Unabomber. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> but uh, the, the shack or the trailer. <laughs> there the, you go. For the most that, part, that was the toss-up. For the most part, I I don't know. Have you guys even gone in a Radio Shack in the last year or two? Yeah, uh, I, I went. I went two weeks ago to get batteries. That's it. Do you go in there to buy anything, any major uh, electronics? Uh, no. To be honest with you, I bought a uh, speaker wire, stuff like that. Supplies. Yeah. No, I bought a, a digital camera there, just really? because. Yeah, because they, wow. they, they had the best price on it. I mean, I'd been looking at this camera at different places, and I just happened to be walking by the shack, and they had one in the window, and it was. Uh, $30 cheaper than I'd seen everywhere else. It was the exact same camera. Nice. But for the most part, I, I I don't go, you know, man, I need something for my Mac. Let, let's run to the, to, down to the shack and see what they got. Well, they have iPod accessories, which always just weirds me out. It doesn't seem like it fits. Yeah, but everybody has iPod accessories. Yeah, that's a good point. That's not a big deal. But you go in there, you get like three people standing around hovering like vultures. They see you walk in, you know, they try to sell you something. Like, Dude, I'm, I'm not here for any of this stuff. You know, it's like you go for a stereo wire or batteries or, you know, something simple. Yeah. You know, I mean, most people don't go in there and say, you know, I'd really like to buy a GPS or I, I really want to buy, a, you know, this, this uh, TV over here. It's like, no, you don't go in there. Can you show me this cell phone? Now, you know, when you call it the shack, you get rid of the radio, but who cares? How many people, how many of you say, you know, I'm going to the record store, you know, you know, we'd still call them record stores, but there are no records in there. Yeah. You know, well, they, they really don't exist anymore. I, I can't tell you the last time I saw a, you know, record store or a music store. They well, don't, all, the brick and mortars really don't exist that much anymore. Well, they exist in the mall still. You got your like FYEs and uh, your sand yeah, and stuff like I that. I guess you're right. I mean, but, they don't have their own standalone places like they did years ago. No, I mean, and the only ones that you see that are standalone are like places you can go trade in. Your mom uh, and pop places, basically. Yeah, that you can go s- sell a CD for a couple bucks and they resell it for a couple more. But other than that, you're you're right. There, there's no such thing as a brick and mortar. No, but we still use those old terms, you know. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm going to go listen to What? Because they're comfortable, because they like that. I, I know of one store called Revolver Records in downtown Phoenix. They're actually a record store, but they also have CDs and stuff like that. But everywhere else, they're all inside a inside a Fred Meyer or a well, or a Best Buy or anything like that. Well, you know, we all have DVRs nowadays, and how many of you say, you know, you're digitally going to record it? You know, I'm going to tape that. Yep. There's no tape in there. You know that, and I know that. It's just the terms we're comfortable with. Radio, radio Shack is Radio Shack. Oh, whoop-de-doo. I don't go Radio Shack. Oh, I got to get a radio. Oh, please. The Shack just – I hope – I hope they don't stick with this. I hope this is just something to try to grab attention, and uh, I hope they don't officially change their name to this. I saw some commercials already on TV for it. It was making well, me nauseous. The, at one point, there was they did a deal with uh, Shaquille O'Neal. 
Right, I remember that. And there, and there was something about it was going to, you know, he was the Shaq or, or who was right. the real Shaq or some crap like that. Right, and you remember before that we had um, Howie Long and uh, one of those Desperate Housewives. I can't think of her name right now. Terry, Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher, yeah. Remember those commercials? They were Those were like good commercials. Those were memorable. I like those commercials. They are, and then that, that put that name Radio Shaq in your head. This is just going to make you run away from it. I, I, I have a feeling this is the beginning of the end for the shack. Well, I think the the part of it is you have rebranding it isn't going to help it. You know, you have to start that change from inside out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you know, we're going to just change the sign from Radio Shack to the shack. That's it. But we still got the same crap inside. You know, you have the the businesses that, that that do well are the ones that evolve, you know, that to keep up with the times. Changing your name, okay, whatever. But then sell something, you know, that's not a radio, that's electronic, that's, you know, at, at a price that people will come in and pay. You know, I mean, the normally the price in the shack is usually higher than every other place you go to. Yeah, I did buy a camera there and and in full disclosure, it was on sale and it was a great price, but for the most part, they don't, you know, you go in there. Yeah. I need, I need a spool of speaker wire and, you know, and then they prison rape you for, you know, 15 bucks for 10 feet of speaker wire or whatever. And what's your it's phone? Like, and we need to have your phone number so we can put it in our system. I said, like, I do you need my fucking phone number for $10 speaker wire. No. Well, that's so they can track you. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Honestly, I think this is gonna be the beginning of the end. And for the most part, you know, Radio Shacks are small stores anyway. You know, they can't really grow and expand. I mean, they're going to redesign their store. There's not much room to play with to redesign it with. But the the thing is, though, wouldn't it make more sense to re rebrand yourself and become, a, a, you know, sell it online? Brick and mortars are going away. I mean, I'm sorry, but if I wanted a TV, I'm not going to go to Best Buy to get it. I'm going to go might, online, well, buy it from Amazon, and they're going to ship it to me for free. You're going to go to Best Buy and check it out, though. Yeah, I might go check it out, but I'm not going to buy it there. No, well, it, it, it depends. Now, if, if Radio Shack offered me something that other stores don't, like fantastic customer service, some sort of, <laughs> some sort of easy return policy, I'd pay the, the $30, $50, $50 extra to, to not get it online, but they don't. Every Radio Shack I've been, they, they hire people with IQs of under 100 who can't do anything, which is the same thing as Walmart or... Well, it's the same thing Best as Best Buy. Buy. Yeah. yeah. I went into Best Buy and bought a video camera, and I said to the guy, will I be able to use uh, Final Cut to edit with this? He says, oh, yeah, not a problem. Until I got it home, and, and it makes this MOV, MOB file... Oh, jeez. That, ...that I have to convert. I mean, it, it's not that difficult a conversion, and it's a... I got, a, I mean, a great deal on the camera, but it's one of them things where, you know, if somebody would know what the hell they're talking about and I say, well, I got a Mac and, and I need to be able to edit on this, they should say, okay, Mac's edit in MOV format and yeah, this does MOV or it doesn't, you know, cause, yeah. but the thing is, I think he felt as though if he told me, well, it doesn't do MOV, but you can convert it. I would have said no, you All know, right. but, he doesn't know shit. You know exactly. That. That's exactly what it was. And it, it, it's a shame that 
you, you can't get straight information from these guys. And, and probably in their defense, they don't know. They, they read the same, you know, the card on the top. Oh, yeah, this, this is compatible with Macintosh. But it doesn't mean it. it that means you can, in, you can load the file and then convert it. <laughs> yeah, what's he do? It doesn't mean that it, it, it's natively going to be able to work. I but. don't know. I don't know. You're right. You're right about that. But let's go on to the next story. Let's talk about natively working. Uh, ESPN sent out a memo on social networking this week. Yeah, they uh, basically what they did is they published their their internal social media policy for all their for all their anchors and and reporters and and representatives of ESPN, which have been on Twitter, which have been blogging for uh, I guess months now. ESPN hasn't really been on Twitter for that long, but it was a I, it seemed to come as a surprise because a lot of the ESPN personalities that that I follow, you know, including uh, the real TMR, which is Matthew Barry, uh, uh, fancy sports guy, Rick Buecher, which is a what would you call Rick Buecher, uh, an analyst like that? Uh, you know, uh, Bill Simmons, who is a personality unto himself, uh, even Amanda Rykoff, who is a, an ESPN lawyer right here in New York City. They didn't seem to know anything about it. And what the what the memo seemed to do was clamp down on what they on, on what they could say ESPN related. It didn't it didn't do what a lot of companies have done, like Intel, which basically said, "Hey, don't be a jackass online. Don't share any company secrets. You know, be nice to everyone." It really, it really said, and, and and was interpreted by most everyone as, you can't report any sports news that if it, you can't report any sports news at all, is really what it said. If you, if you can't talk about anything that doesn't serve ESPN, which I think goes against everything that ESPN and so well, I, everything that social media really stands for. It's, it's, it's such a great, uh, such a great flattener, but it's very disappointing because I thought of all companies. All companies, ESPN had understood social media and was doing a great job with it, but they they kind of put their clamps down on on their on their people. Yeah, well, you know, you you look at some of these other uh, news stations like Fox News and CNN and whatnot. They all have Twitter accounts, and yep. the 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 on air personalities will say, "Hey, I'm going to be interviewing you know X Y Z in the next segment. Send me your questions on Twitter. Anything you'd want me to ask this person." I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. You know, well, uh, uh, lots of places do it. Even, even Scott Monty of Ford, uh, he did that when he was going to go to a conference and interview uh, Alan Malahi, the head of Ford. He said that. He put up, hey, do you have any questions for the head of Ford? Send me a, send me a question on Twitter. And that was great. He doesn't have these restrictions. He can do whatever he wants. And it makes no sense because especially from – I mean for full disclosure, you know, Tyler, what, what is it that you do? Uh, I am a uh, consultant. I help businesses talk to customers online. Okay. So why in the hell would somebody say, I don't want you to, to, to get the word out about our product? Because they are worried about having control because they're worried someone will say something that will reflect that on their company and that they – they will um, they will either get a sued because we're very, sadly a very litigious society, or it'll give them bad press. That's what they're worried about. Well, and then for ESPN's sake, uh, for, ES, for the reasons for ESPN, uh, a couple of years ago when George Oppenheimer, the the actual the head of ESPN, took over, um, I know I know it was a shift. I didn't really realize it. Until I read this article a couple of days ago. They went really went from personality driven to company driven because you know all the old guard, uh, uh, you know Dan Patrick and and. Um, 
Craig, uh, Craig Kilborn, all those old guys, you knew everyone's name who was on SportsCenter every single night. They're all gone, and they were mostly forced out because they were almost bigger than the network itself. And when ESPN has people online disseminating information, they're not going to the ESPN website. They're not going to turn in. They, they don't think they're going to go to the ESPN website. They don't think they're going to turn to SportsCenter, which brings down advertising revenue. But, you know, if you, if you think about it, if if I work at ESPN and I just Twitter, uh, T.O. just signed with the Bills, and here's a link. Yep. And the link's to the ESPN site. You don't think I'm going to drive traffic? I, that's why that's why this policy doesn't make any sense to me. That's why I'm 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 completely up in arms and 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 confused by it because it doesn't make any sense. Because that's exactly what they were doing. Is they they had established a, a trust with us. I mean, you had you had some guys who did it really really well. I would say that I would say that Buker and and TMR are are some of the two ones that have done very well. And they made me want to go to the ESPN site more, more and more because that's all they did. They linked their own columns, which was fine. I don't understand what they're doing, why they're doing what they're doing. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Well, that's the reason you follow these people on Twitter and Facebook is because you want to find out about the sports stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, some, but I also follow them because they're interesting. The sports stuff is almost secondary, um, which is, which is a, which you know, one of the cool things about Twitter is you, you, know, you, you always know where you can find sports, but they do a good job of being both interesting and useful, which is tough to do. But at the same time, when you, when you get this uh... – backwards thinking mentality that keeps you in in a job yes you know where i mean that's what you <laughs> yes, do you, it yes it does you know i mean and, and i'm not saying that to be ignorant or nothing i mean it's just that's the way it works you know you get these people that by the time they get to be ceos they've been in the business for a long time and this is how we do business and they don't ex- embrace the new technology they don't embrace any new thought you know, we, we do this and we do it well, but you're not telling anybody about it. Yeah. Well, we, I have, we I have put up billboards. Nobody well, uses billboards anymore. I have, I have clients that, 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 uh, that are, that require, um, that require the marketing companies to pre-schedule tweets. You have to, uh, you have to take each tweet, each 140 character little saying and have it pre-approved by, by legal before you can send anything out. Now, do you think anything gets done ever? Oh no, because uh, I, there's no way a lawyer can say anything in 140 characters. Yeah, that's one thing. Yeah, that's one. Well, you know, reading the story, ESPN sounds like they're becoming like the Associated Press with their own employees. Yeah. You know, they don't want they don't their stories. They want to keep their stories to themselves, and they don't want to share them to, with the world. Well, what was that? We had that story. Was it last week or the week before about the Twitterns? Right, where, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, where Pizza, the, the Pizza Hut had Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that's a case where you're seeing a old guard company because Pizza Hut's been around for quite a while embracing the new technology and saying, okay, well, you know, we got to The people that are going to come to Pizza Hut are going to be young kids, not necessarily young kids, but young, younger adults. Uh, So let's target them. That's that's our target audience. And how do we see our target audience? Well, they're all on Twitter. They're all on Facebook. They're all on, you know, whatever, MySpace. Well, nobody's on MySpace anymore, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but that's what you do. You, t- you target your, you know, your audience. And, you know, if, if we were looking, if your audience, you know, you're selling, uh, I don't know, 
support hose, you're not going to do that on Twitter. Actually, I don't know. 55 and up is the biggest the biggest single age group that's joining Twitter now. So you might. You really? Might. Yeah. Huh. All the, I, all, the, all the older. I, it shocks me every time I see that number. I'm like, really? Are you kidding me? Well, I would have never thought that. But, I mean, the, that fast, was my fast point. Growing, fastest growing, not largest, not largest group. But, yeah, go ahead. But, you know, in either case, I mean, you, it, it's basic advertising. You know, you, you find your target market and you, you use whatever tools that that demographic uses. You know, the, people thought that at one time that there was going to, you know, and, and it still may happen where you have a cell phone with the GPS, you walk past a store and it goes, hey, why don't you stop in this Starbucks and we'll give you 10% off on your cup of coffee. I mean, theoretically and programmatically, it's not difficult. Actually, I know a company's doing it out of Arizona. Doing just that. It's a, it's, a, it's, a mobile, it's a mobile advertising. It's very similar to a minority report type stuff where you'll walk by and your cell phone will alert you of deals that are happening in stores in the mall that you're at. It's kind of weird. But it's cool, though. I, I mean, love it. I love you're it. actually using tech. That's what kills me. They, Use technology to your benefit because the, the stores that do it are the ones that are going to get people in They're You know, you got to, it's like anything else. You got to get eyeballs. If, if, if nobody's looking at your stuff, you're not going to sell anything. Great. All right. Let's get to the last story of the night here. And, uh, seeing as we've done marketing for most of the show, yeah, we've, we marketed everybody but ourselves here at AverageJoeShow.com, by the way, if you get all the show notes and links there. Uh, the last story of the night, of course, is a sex story. And believe it or not, this week, Ward has a sex story for us. Woohoo! I, I never come up with these, just so Tyler knows. Usually it's Corey that finds some kind of crazy, perverse uh, sex story that, that we put up at the, it's the last story of the show every week. And this week... Having sex without a condom is good for your mental health. I mean, do I need to say more? That is awesome. (laughs) But it also says that, well, let me. Yeah, he's got to read it now. I got to make sure I say it right. Does it say something about maximizing the chances of reproducing? Because that's not. Well, yeah. Probably what we're looking for. Yeah, it. Well, yeah, you, you, you probably quadruple that, but, then, but you feel good about it. It's yeah. good. You know what? I thought about being a psycho killer today, but I got laid. So not so much. You well, know but, what? That, but, but you got laid without a condom, which actually made a difference apparently, right? Yeah, when, definitely, because it says that you, ha- you can't have sex without a condom is good for your mental health. Sure. Having an orgasm is good for your mental health. Doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know what the condom has to do with it. I want to know who pays for these studies because, duh. I mean, I could have told you that. (laughs) I would have volunteered for this one. I would have been like, yeah, test me. Me, me, me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see how how you prove that. Well, okay. I had sex without a condom. I didn't have sex at all. I'm pretty pissed. There you go. <laughs> and I love it. The end of, I love it. The end of the article says it really is a no brainer as far as we are concerned. <laughs> what is this shit? 
like, did you make this up and just put it in the newspaper guy? Yeah, it, it's, you know, it, it's one of them silly, funny stories that you don't ever expect that, that makes it, you know, it, it's like, yeah, like it says at the end, this is a no brainer. Of course it's a no brainer. And then, of course, the sentence after that says, we are seeing some of the most rapid increasing rates of HIV among heterosexual couples in Europe. That's bad. Well, well I, I, think, also, I also love how it says that he claims that heterosexual sex with a condom is associated with poor mental health, problems with dealing with stress, and even conditions such as depression. But they don't say anything, so only heterosexual sex with a condom is a problem. All right. <laughs> a little weird. You know what? As long as I'm getting sex, I'm not depressed. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's pretty much a no brainer. Yeah. It's just it's just it's funny, is you see every couple of weeks you always get one of these stupid reports where someone gives some idiots a grant for something that we already know the answer to and they actually do, you know, all this research and stuff and come up with a paper claiming the obvious. Yeah, chocolate, chocolate, people like chocolate. Yeah, okay. We can do that. Yeah. It's like, oh really? Well, we just got a million dollar grant to to discover how flies are attracted to honey. Well, they are. That that's pretty much an old adage, but we have to prove it. Yeah. Why, Why? are they? Why? What are they thinking when they see the honey? Yeah, you know, who gives a shit? It's like this is the duh report of the week. It's like, come on. Well, you know, actually in here, now that I'm really reading it closer, this actually makes a little bit of sense. Because it's saying that, that people who, who, who don't use condoms have, have, better, have, have better sex because they're probably using some other form of birth control, you know, be it the pill or be it the IUDs or, or I don't know what the hell they are. Um, so they're actually plant, they actually are better planners in life, which probably means they're less stressed because they, they don't have to worry about things. They can have sex whenever they want. They don't have to worry about buying condoms versus other. Oh. I, mean, this is, I mean, this is kind of a, I mean, I don't know. This is. This is an interesting study. I wish I really want to be in these studies once in my life. I, I, I need to. That's my goal. To be in a stupid well, sex study. We we got to figure out how how to get involved in this because yeah. you know every time I go in and, and, and volunteer for one of these things, it's always fucking electroshock or something, <laughs> and and I really don't enjoy it. It just makes me twitch for like a week. <laughs> Ward, you're married. You twitch all the time. Oh, I twitch like it, it ain't nobody's business, brother. <laughs> I, I'm just, I was just shocked, to be honest with you. When I saw Ward's links this week, I was like, holy cow, Ward has sex stories. I'm like, I, well, I, I had to do one. I mean, we, we're 42 deep, and <laughs> this is the first sex story I've ever submitted. It really is. I mean, every time, for the most part, if you go back and check the last 40, 41 episodes before this, I'd say about 30 of them or so, 30, 35 tops that I have a sex story in it. No, of the last 41, you have 41. Eh, pretty much. Num- I might number, have 40, one. number 42 is the first one I have ever had. Okay, Ward, so you have to live up to that standard next week with another sex story. No, I'm going to let you go for another 41 before I have to pull one out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> okay. All right, Ward, you had to make a sex comment, didn't you? Absolutely. <laughs> what, what fun would it have been if I, if I would have let that go? 
Of course, that's true. Okay, well, I think we need to wrap up this week's show. And of course, I want to thank my co-host Ward being here. And of course, Ward, where can they find you? Where else online can they find you? They can find me at ibottamac.com. Uh, Brent Spohr, his uh, site, he hosts. He's obliged us to host Max in Life, and that's a, a video podcast that I do to teach people how to use a Macintosh. And it's a once a week video, and it comes out Wednesday the latest. Wednesday the latest. Hopefully, I get it done by Sunday because then I can go to work and not have to sweat it. But I always say Wednesday at the latest, and it's probably usually there by Sunday. All right, so we'll say somewhere between Sunday, hopefully, and Wednesday. Sunday to Wednesday. And are you still doing restaurant food fast? Yeah, I mean, we we don't have anything in the pipe yet. Um, we were waiting for for. Uh, we were hoping that we'd get some um, uh, followers to, to email us, you know, hey, how do you do this? And we never, you know, that never materialized. So I'm not really sure what we're, you know, what the, what the direction is going to end up being with that. Well, let's hope it keeps staying around. It was, it's a good show. I enjoyed it. Restaurantfoodfast.com. Uh, what do you have, like 50-something episodes? You have more than a year's worth. Oh, we had 70. Holy shit, 70? Yeah. Oh, 70 episodes. Okay, so you got a year and uh, almost a half there. So that's that's a good amount of episodes. You can't complain about that. Not at all. That's at Restaurant Food Fast. So check those out. And um, that's basically the anti-Max and Life podcast because that one, Chuck is the knowledgeable one and Ward is the naive sidekick. And compared to Max and Life, Ward is the knowledgeable one and Chuck is the naive sidekick. Yes. And we like it like that. <laughs> you like it like that. I don't know if Chuck likes it like that. Well, there's that too. Okay. And of course, Tyler Hurst, our guest host, which if you want to be a guest host, go to averagejoeshow.com slash guest. And Tyler, where can they find you online? Uh, my blog is at uh, tdhurst.com, tdhurst.com. I'm a freelance consultant working for a uh, very nice lady named Ben Vega out of Phoenix. So check out all my stuff there. That's pretty cool, though. Uh, I've gone to the website. It's a pretty good website. It looks like you've got like 25 websites. You sent me an email. you got links to like all these websites you're doing. What's, what's going on with all that stuff? Um, I, am, uh, I am one of those guys that uh, never, is quite, uh, never is quite satisfied with everything that's going on. I've written for design websites. I've written for a – I was the editor of a local downtown Phoenix website. I am now part of a media critic website, which is run by Dan Pilmer out of ASU. Um, I also have my own website. I have a blog, and I do a lot of writing for clients. So I'm just someone who's who needs to stay busy to stay sane. So that's why. Well, we hope you stay sane then, and thank we want, want to thank you for being on this week's show. Thank you. And of course, everybody, you want to check out what we talked about this week. We got links to all our stories and uh, links to uh, Tyler's website and, of course, Ward's websites at averagejoeshow.com you can leave comments on eat the story here you can listen right on the website we got you know right there you just click a button boom download and listen you could download the episodes get the feeds there all that stuff you know all the good stuff there you can shoot us email at talk at averagejoeshow.com that's talk at averagejoeshow.com you know tell us what you like tell us what you don't like you know all that stuff we'd love to hear from you guys and um we got a donate button if you'd like to donate help us out here help us let us know you like us um Get the word out there. That's a big thing. Tell everybody. Let everyone know. AverageJoeShow.com. I want to thank everybody for downloading this week's episode, spending a little of your bandwidth with us. And until next time, have a good one.
Thank you.